$200 million in the vault beneath the strip. With a 32-hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And we'll be talking about another Zack Snyder movie, our second one actually this season. It's Army of the Dead. So, but before we talk about Army of the Dead, uh, we're going to jump straight into our podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. So, Ken, uh, what'd you lo- what'd you watch this last week? All right, so um, and I mentioned this to you offline. Uh, it's been a really busy week, and so when on those weeks or whatever, when um, when it's just really busy, I tend to gravitate uh, gravitate towards watching, I guess, like older or you know older stuff or stuff that I've watched before. And this week is no different, but it's technically a new release. On HBO Max, and I think I may have mentioned it, I think maybe last week offline to you, but I was really excited when I noticed last week that the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, the extended editions, are now available on HBO Max. And so the movies that I got to watch this past week are, I got to finish all of the extended edition of The Fellowship of the Ring, and I was able to watch most of the two towers. I mean, you're talking about the extended editions and it's a lot of time <laughs> like yeah, invested yeah. in watching these. Uh, so I got to the part right before Helm's Deep and I'm like, oh, okay. I want to make sure that I'm like really pumped for Helm's Deep. Yeah, and awake. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because uh, that is arguably the best part of the original trilogy, uh, especially the extended editions. And... I remember when uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was released in, I guess, I, I guess alongside of the launch of HBO Max. And I, I was like, ooh, Lord of the Rings is available. And I started watching the theatrical cuts. It's not the same. I stopped it right in the middle when I realized there were certain scenes missing from there. Because I used to watch the extended uh, versions on, uh, on DVD before. But to be able to watch extended versions in HD, oh my goodness, what a glorious experience. Oh man, almost like uh, another movie we talked about this season. <laughs> so, you know, they, it's a little bit extended, you know, just by a couple hours. Just, so, just, yeah, just, just by a couple hours, just by a full 100%. <laughs> Pretty much. Dude, I got to watch the extended edition. Never watched the extended editions before. Oh, it will enhance, you know, you know how like I thought it made uh, Batman versus Superman better, you know, the ultimate edition. And you know how I felt about the uh, theatrical cuts of that and uh, I guess uh, Justice League. Um, it enhances it way better. And, and you know what? The theatrical cuts are good. And so I feel like the extended editions are just that much better. All right, I need to check out for myself on HBO Max, which we are still not still sponsored. not sponsored. Oh, come Always on! Have to give that w. disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I watched. You know, like you said, it's been kind of a rough week, kind of busy. So you go something, you know, either that, uh, like you, you would go into something that you've seen before, uh, or you know, I think. You go into something kind of light, kind of funny. So for yes. me, I went into a TV show. I've never seen it before, always heard about it. It's called Kim's Convenience. Oh. Okay. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's a Canadian show, and it follows like a, a Korean-Canadian family, and they run like a convenience store, and it's, I think it's hella funny. I finished li- literally like one season this week. <laughs> oh, shoot. And I, I like it, man. And one of the main characters, he's um, played by uh, Simu Liu uh, of Shang-Chi, upcoming oh, Shang-Chi. Oh, what? So oh, he's man. one of the main characters. And I think it's hella funny. I always start cracking up just because, you know, 
we're Asian too. Yeah, we're Filipino, but then you know you still get those Filipino mom and dad vibes from them, or just Asian parents. We know how it is. Also, I would get, recommend giving that uh, show a shot if you have a family. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I would imagine you know, like uh, with Asian families, there's a lot of crossover and everything. So uh, I'll definitely watch out for that. Uh, and how many um, seasons are available now on Netflix? Mm, I want to say four seasons, mm-hmm. and, and the uh, first like, season, okay. yeah, the first season is only like thirteen episodes, twenty-four minutes each. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. And then uh, all the other episodes, just at a quick glance, I know you're only on, uh, I guess, what season two, right? Yeah. So uh, at quick glance, if uh, the other seasons are about the same, roughly, I want to say so. Yeah. Okay. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, I'm always looking for uh, good comedies because, I mean, the only other thing that I really watched this uh, past week, too, was uh, New Girl. Because, <laughs> again, like uh, like what you were saying, it's old stuff or just lighter, like short like movie, uh, like TV shows or whatever, right? Comedies. Yeah, and I feel like it's definitely much more my comedy. It's a lot more cleaner. <laughs> and uh, obviously, so it's... And I don't know, I guess a bunch of dad jokes. The dad in there is hilarious. Ooh, okay. I, I, you know, I like dad jokes. I just like a lot of different types of comedy, you know. Um, a raunchy, dark, uh, like, what do you call it? Like, you were talking about a lot of uh, dry humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll do, you'll, I think you'll like it, just for the, for the fact that they're Asian, and we're Asian. <laughs> and we can relate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so last week we talked about The Notebook, and that was, uh, you know, a bit of a romantic movie, but we're diving back into the action this week, but I just want to have a little bit of episode cleanup, yep. Uh, what was the poll that we had for The Notebook last week? Okay, so, uh, last week we actually read, uh, the audience question that we presented in last week's episode, and so, uh, just as a reminder, the poll question and the audience question last week was if you could only watch one of rachel mcadams's uh 2004 films for the rest of your life which one would you choose and so the two options were the notebook or mean girls and kind of in a surprise uh runaway i I figured it would be closer to 50 50 but 71% 71% voted for Mean Girls. And so I don't know if it was a, a thing where, you know, they chose, uh, well, my rationale of, you know, you know, you kind of gravitate towards something a little lighter, uh, uh, more entertaining, like more comedy, more laughs uh, versus the more, I guess, heavy handed, romantic. Uh, but I think, in my opinion, the better overall film, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's weird that we kind of just choose uh, based off of, our, our, I guess our moods. Yeah, that's true. Because I know I chose The Notebook last week and you chose Mean Girls. So that's pretty crazy. I guess 71% agreed with you, Ken. Yeah. Surprisingly. Uh, but yeah, I want to <laughs> remind everyone that wants to participate in mm. the polls. Uh, we do have the polls on Instagram, Twitter every Tuesday. And what's our handle, Ken? Yes. So our uh, Instagram uh, and Twitter handle, they're all the same. We want to keep it easy for you all to find us. It's at Weekly Real, and we'll have the spelling in the episode notes. There you go. Today, we're going to be talking about Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. And this is a spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about spoilers basically the whole episode. So go check it out. It's on Netflix right now. Or you can go to the movie theater, stay there for about uh, two and a half hours or a little bit more. <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> always always uh, inflating that time, man. As much yeah. as you can, have people sleep in the theater if you want to. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he made like a 10-hour film. Like, oh, there's actually like real-time sleeping or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, spoilers. Check it out in theaters or on Netflix. Uh, Army of the Dead uh, is about a zombie outbreak taking place in Las Vegas. And then a group of mercenaries are hired to enter the quarantine zone to attempt a heist that would get them millions and millions of dollars. Ooh, so Ken, this was a bit of a long movie. 
Uh, right off the bat, I'm gonna just let you know that uh, it took me two sittings to to finish it. <laughs> oh, good. Same. <laughs> I fell asleep during the first one, and oh, I mean, uh, and it wasn't because of it wasn't entertaining. It was just because it was a tiring week. It was one of those uh, evenings, and and for me, it's I feel like it's old age now at that point where it's like, okay, if I get too comfortable, I'm sleeping no matter how entertaining the movie is. Yeah, I was like. Because the, the movie's been out in theaters for at least a couple weeks now. And I was like, I kind of want to see this in theaters. But I was like, but it's on Netflix. And Netflix is more convenient. I can make my own popcorn at home. Just chill, pause it whenever I need to do. So that's what I kind of did this time. Uh, but did you have any expectations going into this movie? Because I know I was pretty excited when I saw the trailer. Yeah, you know what? I uh, purposely stayed away from the trailer. Um, I, we've had a couple of movies recently where uh, I think we were we've discussed this on both of our shows where uh, we're talking about how um, trailers uh, sometimes are guilty of giving away the plot. And I feel like um, I don't know if I'm right on this, but I was like, ah, oh, man, I feel like this. Tr- uh, I guess the trailer for this movie has the potential to give away too much of the plot. So I purposely just wanted to stay away. Uh, so, you know, just I'm going off of the cast and uh, I really only knew Dave Bautista and obviously he's an action star wrestler. Um, and you're talking about Army of the Dead, talking about zombies. I was just thinking something along the lines of uh, a movie version of The Walking Dead. Uh, and I guess, you know, just uh, basing it off of past zombie movies that I've seen, 28 Days Later, uh, World War Z, you know, movies like that. Plus, you know, you got Zack Snyder, uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder um, directing, so a lot of slow motion. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was waiting for that slow-mo, man. Yeah, yeah I know. All, you, know the, you know, the usual Zack Snyder stylistic choices that he does have, different angles. He gets pretty creative with a lot of the stuff he presents, uh, you know, his... Uh, you know, his movies and everything. And this movie definitely showcases a lot of like, uh, I guess his past work too. And I wanted to ask, cause you mentioned his creative choices. I'm going to just get this right off the out, right off the bat. Uh, how'd you feel about the really shallow depth of field? <laughs> um, I actually didn't mind it at all. Um, I remember watching a, a, a quick breakdown of uh, army of the dead and they compared, I guess one of the shots, uh, where he had, where they had like extreme shallow depth of field, um, where they compared the shot. Uh, remember the was it the epilogue of the Snyder cut of Justice League mm. with, um, I guess one of the shots with uh, the bride. I, what was the did was that given a name? It was just called the bride. I think it was just called the bride. The the female zombie queen thing. Yeah, yeah. The alpha, the other alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from what I remember seeing, they he actually used the same lens for both shots. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I think I'm in kind of in the same boat as you because I've seen other reviewers talk about like kind of complaining about the shallow depth of field. I get it too, though. Uh, par- I didn't mind it for the most part, but there were times where I was like, uh, just it takes place in like kind of a deserty area. Obviously, Las Vegas is pretty much a desert. It, ge- it gives it that type of feel, that fogginess of the right. kind of sand in the wind. But at the same time, it felt like sometimes it was like on a green screen <laughs> at times, <laughs> yeah. like kind of hiding some of the, like uh, the background CGI or something like that. I didn't know. I don't, I, I kind of felt like sometimes it cheapened the look of it sometimes just to get that weird creative choice. But for the most part, it didn't bother me. Yeah. Cause I, again, like I think when, you know, you see the uh, super, shallow depth of field i feel like uh, again just to reiterate what you were saying it felt like it was hazy because i feel like in a movie like this you're you're not going to have all of your wits with you and so i felt like it it um imp- for me it helped with the experience like okay you're in there with all you know this group of mercenaries uh you know just trying to dodge <laughs> dodge uh, zombies especially the alpha ones yeah, and I, just right off the bat, when the movie started, I was like, okay, we're not, it's not 4 by 3 <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We can actually, you know, fill our TV screens. 
uh, did you have any overall thoughts on the movie before we get into our topics? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to actually compare uh, two viewings. I, I, I watched it twice um, because I wanted to, you know, watch it the first time. Well, uh, watch, I watched it the first time twice because, you know, again, I dozed off halfway through. Um, but I enjoyed the first viewing more than I did the second viewing. And I'll get to some of my reasons a little bit later on. And I'm afraid that with each viewing, I think it's going to be a, a law of diminishing returns. I feel like I did not enjoy it as much the second time around, surprisingly, because in, in, in movies like these where it's a, a little bit more of a time investment, you know, you th- you're thinking that you're going to miss certain things. And for me, usually the second viewing is better than the first viewing. This is actually not one of those movies. And so mm. I was actually pretty surprised that I didn't enjoy it as much the second time around. Oh man, that's kind of scary. Cause obviously I, I haven't seen the second, uh, I haven't seen it a second time. Uh, but I kind of get what you're saying. Like I kind of felt like that in this, in this movie, I was like, do I really want to see this movie again? Cause I know there's, um, another movie, uh, extraction on Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, that I feel like I thought I was going to rewatch it a second time, but I still haven't gotten to it, even though I liked it. That's the uh, Chris Hemsworth movie, The Chris right? Hemsworth one. And um, I was like, I liked it, but it's like I still haven't gone back to it. And maybe I, it's in that same lane as Army of the Dead. I'm not sure. Yeah. because um, You know what? I'll explain why. I feel like the second time, because you know what the plot is. You know uh, you know who, who ends up uh, surviving and who ends up uh, biting the dust. And for me, I was able to pay attention more to the dialogue and, and the um, the story overall. And I felt upon second viewing, it felt more disjointed. And I felt like the characters' motivations didn't carry over uh, at times from scene to scene. I was like, oh, that's weird. It just felt like they pieced it together. Um, I'll, I'll mention one real quick thing. Remember when uh, Chambers ends up dying? And obviously, Mikey Guzman is, uh, the, you know, they're, they're, they're pals, they're friends and stuff. And, you know, the one scene where she, he ends up, like, blowing her up to, I guess, save themselves. She had already gotten bitten and everything, but they blew up a lot of zombies. You know, he was sad in one scene. The very next scene, it just felt like it was a completely different scene. He was just moving on. It's like, oh, whatever. It's just a generic walking scene. It mm. felt like there was, it was disconnected. It was like things like that that I, little things that, like that I that I noticed. It just, a lot of the choices with the plot and with the way it was presented uh, as it relates to the story, it felt disjointed. Yeah, that does sound, that does feel kind of weird. Who knows? Maybe there was uh, something cut out. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's. I would have put it past Zack Snyder, the super like extended ultimate edition. It's like, come on. Uh, anyway, yeah, I could, I could kind of see that. Um, overall thoughts for me, I think this is probably Bautista's best movie so far to convince people that he's a leading man. Because I've seen um, Stuber, also with uh, we talked about. Uh, Kamal Nanjiani a while ago they were like uh, oh, yeah, yeah. basically co-stars in that movie and eh, it was an entertaining movie but I was like eh, I didn't really feel it too much um, but yeah I feel like this is Batista's best movie as him as the star so I, I hope that he gets more stuff um, there's actually a movie I forgot what it's called it was like a whole one take movie and Batista was in it it was on Netflix for a while. It was pretty crazy. But even that movie, I was like, ah, he didn't really carry it as much as this movie. So I feel like Bautista is evolving as an actor. So hopefully he can get some better, uh, not better movies. I guess, yeah, I guess better movies in the Better future. roles, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even more stuff like this, I'm down with. I feel like this is not like a, this would be a role Arnold would take on. You know, I was going to say it, man. <laughs> you know, it. I, I was expecting, I was like, okay, I'll set the over and under at about three Arnold references and definitely hit, go with the over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is a good role for him. Um, you've heard of Gears of War before, right? The video game series? Yes. He's always been lobbying of to play uh, Marcus, Marcus Phoenix. Marcus yeah. Phoenix. Uh, and 
basically kick off his own like franchise i think i would be down for that i can see him especially in this movie just the way he was like talking and running around with his guns and stuff i was like all right get this guy gears of war movie he was made for uh made to play marcus phoenix i i feel like i can't think of any other person on the planet past or present or even in the future who could play marcus phoenix of gears of war yeah and like marcus is is not like a young guy either in the games and Bautista is like i think he's at that right age where it's like he doesn't look too young but he doesn't look too old uh to play marcus phoenix and all he all he needs to do is put on some huge freaking armor and then Mm -hmm. a bandana you're good to go i know yeah because i i really did enjoy uh why i played through the first gears of war uh, game and i loved it and i felt like uh, this is a character that is kind of similar to the character that he played to in this movie, Scott Ward. Mm-hmm. I, maybe this is like the beginning of like this was this his audition or something. I would be I would be down actually for a Zack Snyder Gears of War. That would be crazy. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, a lot of these uh, cutscenes in Gears of War had a lot of slow motion. <laughs> there was a lot of slow motion in Gears of War, especially the first two. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Let's uh, get into our first topic. Uh, it's going to be binge or cringe, Ken. I know you introduced this uh, this question, this topic, when we talked about Godzilla, right? Yeah, it was, was Godzilla versus Kong where we did it the first time. Yeah, man. Binge or cringe is a good one because we are going to talk about the moments that made Army of the Dead binge-worthy or cringe-worthy. Uh, so do you want to mention some binge worthy ones or what are you gonna go with first i'll go with binge worthy um and you know what uh, we already touched on it you know, when you're talking about your overall thoughts the first one that immediately came to mind was uh dave bautista as a badass because i mean we have uh, seen him now in a you know like in the mcu as drax and i felt like you know i guess his best overall showing was in the first one and I felt like afterwards he just kind of became a punch. I think he's hilarious, uh, to be you know, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But you know, at you know, with a dude that big, and obviously he's known for dishing out uh, scripted punishment on <laughs> in the WWE as uh, as Batista. Uh, shout out to all the Filipinos because he's half Filipino. I felt like this movie, just like you mentioned uh, in in our overall thoughts section. You got to see him as a badass for the first time in a while. And um, it was refreshing to see him like this because, I mean, arguably he is the second best WWE actor. I mean, is, am I missing any others? Stone Cold Steve Austin? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, John <Randy> Cena? Orton. <laughs> Randy Orton? <laughs> yeah. He's been in a couple movies. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. I but, know who you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, what? Hulk Hogan, maybe. Uh, yeah. But he's just really playing himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in my opinion, I feel like he's the second uh, behind, obviously, uh, Dwayne, mm-hmm. The Rock Johnson. And so, uh, again, um, I would love to see him in a, a Gears of War movie if they start that franchise. So that's, I mean, I wanted to just kind of mention that quickly. Uh, the other thing that I really wanted to mention that that was uh, definitely binge-worthy for me the deaths. Oh my God, there were so many. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for me, it just brought back vibes of The Walking Dead when it was actually good, you know, where like, <laughs> okay. you, you know, you just, because <laughs> man, like those later seasons were pretty rough. Uh, but it reminded me of early Walking Dead um, when you invest in, in some of these characters and then when they die, you're like either shocked or you're saddened and i felt like i got i did get those um with a lot of these deaths the deaths were really good yeah they were man and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later as well we're gonna pick our best death a little bit later but yeah there's some brutal ones in this one Ooh. and when they happen i was like just like out loud i was like huh, huh. <laughs> yeah like, same <laughs> same uh, i'm glad that the you know they went full rated r on this and a movie like this definitely needed that. Uh, for me, man, uh, I also put Bautista in my binge list. And I, I liked when uh, 
I'm surprised you didn't mention this when he was always talking about his food trucks. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Thank you. When he, <laughs> I forgot to put that down. Uh, the artisan grilled cheese. Come on. Yeah. I remember all that stuff. The uh, the uh, tofu with everything. Yeah. And I then, thought that one was hella funny. The tofu yeah. everything. But then when he mentioned the lobster rolls, I was like, oh, dude, we need to go to New England. Yeah. He, he knew it. Like when he got, he got that last, uh, last idea. Yeah, that was a good. That was a gold one right there. Hey, we need to stop by Millbrae real quick. You know, like maybe, maybe, uh, maybe sometime in the next couple of weekends, man. Mm-hmm. Their lobster rolls are pretty good. Their yeah. chips, eh, they're all right. Dude, come on, really? Now. I right. I like their I like their what was it the crab nachos? Have you oh, had okay. those? I haven't I haven't had those yet. Dude, <laughs> dude. Okay, we gotta get. I, I, you know, what? I'll get it for you. Um, that way you can, you know, it will get it for the table. <laughs> All right. All right. That sounds good. Uh, the other binge worthy thing that I wanted to mention was the opening credits scene because it's very Zack Snyder. And what I actually liked about it was it was basically introducing the world while, you know, giving its credits. It's like, it reminded me of Watchmen and also, uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Right. It's like those, uh, those intros. And surprisingly enough, it, it it reminded me of the intro from uh, Zach, uh, from not Zack Snyder's, but the theatrical version of Justice League it, <laughs> that revealed. I actually thought that intro was Zack Snyder, but it was all a hoax. They just copied his style, I guess. But yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the opening credit scene, even though it was a bit like it was uh, over the top. Yeah, it was, but I think over the top. I. F- I feel like he did that on purpose because it's Vegas. Vegas is over the top. And so, I mean, when when you get a, a Liberace like impersonator <laughs> introducing <laughs> that part, I really did enjoy the fact that it, you know, it acted as a way to introduce all of the main characters, but also introduce all the chaos with obviously Viva Las Vegas um playing in the background. Yeah, I like that. How about um I know you said you had some cringy stuff, man. Do you want to start it off? Ooh, I have to have to figure out a way to narrow it because uh, a lot of the cringeworthy stuff that I um, realized and put down were on the second viewing. The first one that immediately jumps out is the very opening scene, the the prologue, mm. where the um, well, first of all, you you know you're talking about military. And you get like cool like uh, code names like the Four Horsemen, and you're talking about Area Fifty One, and so you would think you would get like some serious badasses like taking care of this payload, but you get these two jackasses that are like they're dumbasses. I think first of all, you know that you know they're talking about you know I get it, it's guy talk, but this is where I had problems with it. So <laughs> first thing, you know, they're driving and, you know, they set it up where obviously a dude and his bride are, you know, he's getting a blowjob or whatever. And then the, these two like guys that are supposed to be taking care of like this really high top, you know, top secret thing with this payload. Yeah. And they were in the front of the convoy. They're, they're in front of the convoy and they're like talking. And then obviously they're looking at each other. And then there was a good like two seconds where you see headlights oncoming. If I'm in the passenger side seat or driving and you see headlights coming on, I'm immediately going to look if I'm driving or I'm going to say, hey, uh, look at, you know, look in, in front of you. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it was like a, it was just one way each each side. So it's not like it's a huge freeway that you, you don't know. You can't see like headlights incoming. Exactly. Okay. So that was the first part that I was, uh, I already had a problem with. Second, later on, you know, they crash or whatever. Fine. When they're, uh, when that one dude was talking to, I guess, the dispatcher or whatever, and he's basically getting the warning to um, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, it's like, get out of there. Get everyone that is, is, can move get them out of there and he's like um yeah uh you know they're saying to you know uh step away we gotta go you know like i'm like i was cringing hard with the lackadaisical way that they were doing that and then um and then at the end 
It was just dumb. <laughs> it, like, it was like, oh, ha, 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 I fell down and I sh- accidentally fired guns. And even though this huge, crazy thing is like thing and they're laughing, uh, I really did hate. I hated that opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene was, yeah, it was pretty cringy, especially when he's like, like let, let's stop, man. That's far enough. I'm like, dude, you ran like one, over one little hill. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, what? he's gone now. <laughs> it's like, dude, they, that that opening scene, when you think about, like, if you just deleted it from the rest of the movie, it really does help. They could have easily fixed that. But, but maybe, I don't know if that was supposed to be like that, you know, over the top. I, I don't know. I think it was just kind of dumb, though. Yeah. You know what? Go go with your cringe word cuz I I need to cool off a little bit. <laughs> go ahead and mention your next uh, your your first cringe worthy moment. <laughs> uh I'm going to say Mar- the character of Martin. And I actually like that actor that played Martin because and he was actually in um Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles and he played a Terminator. And surprisingly, you know him. He's not like an Arnold Ask yeah. guy, I, I'm bringing up Arnold again, but this is actually you know That's two. part of it. <laughs> That's two. Um, uh, he's not an Arnold type, but then he, I think he actually played a good Terminator. He was actually pretty scary as a villain, and, but on this, he was just like that generic evil guy, and that twist didn't surprise me in the slightest. It reminded me of the twist in um, Jurassic World. Where uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was like, we're going to turn these uh, raptors into like military weapons. I'm like, you guys are so dumb. <laughs> it's like, you, no one would think that would be a good idea. Just like in this movie, it's like, we're going to turn these zombies into military weapons. It's like, it's the same thing as Jurassic World. And so I thought that was hella cringy. Just that, that villain plan. I completely agree. Uh, it was definitely hokey with their motivations, and, and I get it. I think they were trying to set up the fact that I, I was trying to think of like the what the background was as to why they even had an alpha to begin with in Area Fifty One, and so I would imagine you know certain people obviously know certain things, and I feel like uh, um, the guy from Mortal Kombat, Scorpion, I forget his name in this movie. Uh, but I feel like obviously he he's gotten in because you know he they showed him with uh, some government people, and I feel like that part of it it seemed hokey, but I could kind of see it, so I'll forgive him on that. I, it's one of the things I also wrote down, but I was like, okay, I can leave that from I, I guess from being I guess cringeworthy, but I actually do agree with everything you just said. All right. How about you? Do you have another cringeworthy thing that you want to mention before I get to my last one? Yeah. Okay. So I actually have two quick ones, but uh, let me go to just one, and you know, I'll get, I'll let, I'll go, I'll let you go again after. Um, I feel like Gita's rationale did not make sense to me. You got two kids. Why are you trying to risk your life potentially with getting, I guess, uh, or breaking open a, a slot machine or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was so dumb especially so, oh i promise and i was like oh she's going and it, it's it was predictable and it was just a way to get uh kate in inside the walls i, I felt like that was the only reason why because gita had served no, no purpose whatsoever and she other ended than up dying yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know like no good mother would do that i mean yeah she in in the movie, it's like, oh yeah, she has good intentions. She's trying to get the uh, five thousand dollars to get her kids out of there. But do you really think you're gonna survive? Like, would you? Wouldn't you rather stay with your kids? I don't know. Yeah, and 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 not to talk smack about you know body types or whatever. I would probably think it's more believable if she had more of a body type. You know, with uh, Lily the coyote, she just seemed like a regular like mom. I'm like, she had a mom bod. Talk about dad bods a lot. <laughs> you like you're not Dave Bautista, man, and Dave Bautista didn't even survive the movie. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, Gita's uh, rationale, ugh, motivations. Uh, um, do you have another cringeworthy thing right before? Yeah, r- real quick again. Okay. 
this came out of nowhere and i don't know i think i read something that they may be setting this up maybe as a prequel part and and still i don't think it it's worthy of how it just came out of nowhere but maria confessing her feelings for scott made absolutely no sense um, yeah i was like whoa when did the when did we set this up man I didn't see that at all in the beginning. I was watching for it in the second viewing, you know, the beginning when they're thing. And it seemed or, you know, just like platonic the whole time. And that just made absolutely no sense. So, yeah, that's another quick one that I had. All right. Yeah, because that one, yeah, it did kind of come out of nowhere. They had, of course, a little bit of chemistry, but it's like, oh, it could be a future thing. Right. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know they had a past. Especially when the whole thing about with um, with Scott and Kate, you know, his daughter, it's like, and talking about their mom and all that stuff where he had to basically put her down. Uh, it's like, oh, shoot. But I never knew about this whole Maria and Scott thing. That was weird. Yeah, I feel like they only did that reveal or that surprise just so that they can have us be like, what? And then have us feel more invested in Maria right before her neck gets like turned around. <laughs> Yeah, like Zod. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, my last cringeworthy thing would probably be the ending. I actually didn't really like the ending that much. They could have ended it right when that wide shot of the, the nuke and Kate with her dad. It's like, oh, it just ends right there. And then it keeps going. And then it shows that um, what Van Der Rohe survived. I'm like, oh, sweet. I was like, okay, the, the only black guy on the team survive i'm like yes that that's the way to go we got it and then they show that he got bit i'm like oh forget this ending then forget it man it's like well you should just cut that out so it's like they're kind of setting up a sequel that maybe he turns into the next like king of the zombies but i actually thought what would be cool is if um who's that the coyote um became like the neck the new queen because it was kind of ambiguous when they cut away and then uh it was almost like the zeus was gonna bite her on the neck and all that stuff i was like oh that's a good way of setting up the next one keep it ambiguous just in case uh but then they have this almost second ending with uh vandero showing that he got bit i'm like oh forget it he didn't survive I already knew that he was going to, they were going to reveal that in the epilogue only because during the fight, I was like, okay, uh, I rewatched it. I didn't see any bites. Okay. But I felt like, you know, I'm trying to think of other zombie movies or whatever. I felt like, you know, you're, you're, um, you're battling one-on-one. Like, I don't know. Obviously he had no choice, but I felt like some of those shots that he took, like to the face, I felt like those were going to be like the reasons why I was like, oh, why did he survive? I thought he was just going to think. But the fact that they were lingering on is like, oh, he's alive and, you know, he's got the money. He's on a plane. I was like, here comes the reveal. He's not going to feel so well and they're going to reveal something. And I don't know. I, I just thought it was, again, disjointed that they for the sake of just a, a surprise reveal that he got bit when did he get bitten i don't know seriously it's like what, <laughs> was there another zombie in that freaking safe i don't know man i didn't see Ex- that during the fight he i know i know zeus didn't um during the whole i watched that fight like five times because i re- replayed that part a few times just to make sure i was like uh i don't see it it wasn't from zeus um so that was a good it, fight though it was a good fight it was a good fight and he got his ass kicked like he should have <laughs> mm-hmm. man that yeah that ending pissed me off man but i'm gonna go straight into topic two because it because it pissed me off um <laughs> i'm gonna go into our second topic which is would you rather live in the world of army of the dead the walking dead or world war z and why but i do have to make the caveat that yeah, in Army of the Dead, it just takes place in uh, Las Vegas, but you have to be pretty much like, uh, you're a main character in these movies, pretty much. Like, you're Brad Pitt, you're uh, Rick, I don't know, I haven't watched The Walking <laughs> Dead in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know, same. <laughs> and then you're like Batista or something like that, you know? So which one would you rather live in? 
Okay, process of elimination. World War Z, those zombies looked hella fast. No, thank you. I'm not, I'm not that good with the cardio. <laughs> uh, Army of the Dead, I feel like because the alphas seem really smart. No, thank you. So that leaves The Walking Dead for me because, you know what? They're called walkers for a reason. And I feel like I can just, um, you know, try to outrun them. And then obviously if they overwhelm me, I feel like you just, you know, you have time to kind of stab them in the brain, you know, stab them in the brain, shoot them in the brain. And so that's why I would choose The Walking Dead. <laughs> mm, dude, I, I, I'm kind of thinking like you, World War Z, no go. Those things are hella fast. Um, but I actually uh, chose Army of the Dead. Ooh. Just because that hierarchy, there is like you could kind of reason with them, kind of like how uh, Lily the Coyote mm. was doing. But at the same time, the, the reason why I didn't choose The Walking Dead was because the humans in The Walking Dead, man, are scary. They're scary people. I don't want to be in the, a world where it's like these humans are like so desperate and these people are freaking crazy. So that, I think the, the humans in The Walking Dead are scarier than the actual zombies in there. Mm. Yeah, that's actually like how I saw, I guess, you know, like kind of the middle seasons uh, from when I, I guess I stopped because, yeah, they ended up just shifting away from the walkers to the actual people as the main, um, I guess, threat to the show or to the, I guess, the um, the main characters. So I, I definitely can see that. Yeah, so I'd probably go with uh, Army of the Dead on that. But I wanted to ask everyone else uh, for our audience question this week. Uh, what's your favorite zombie movie? And uh, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff. But Ken, what's your favorite zombie movie? Well, uh, I'll uh, preface my answer by saying that the first three rules within this world are cardio, double tap, and right. beware of bathrooms. <laughs> so my favorite, uh, my favorite zombie movie is Zombieland, starring uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, you got Emma Stone and uh abigail breslin and it's actually currently streaming on netflix it was weird when i was watching uh, when i was about to do my second viewing of army of the dead guess what movie was featured i was like zombie land i'm like oh i should probably rewatch this movie all right man that's a definitely good one good light one you don't have to be too scared to watch it um i was almost gonna mention another arnold movie because he is in a, actually like a zombie movie with abigail breslin um <laughs> called maggie it wasn't the greatest movie, honestly. But uh, my favorite zombie movie would be Train to Busan. <sighs> I got it right. Yeah. I knew it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that movie is good, man. And definitely pulled at the heartstrings. And it the action is so good in that one. The suspense. Yeah, it's definitely not as light as uh, Zombieland. But that would be my pick. I still need, I still need to go see that. <clears throat> yeah, I think it, it might be on Amazon Prime or something. It might even be on Netflix still. But... It's uh, it's worth a watch if you're in that zombie mood. Or we might just save it for season three or four. We'll That's see. That's true. I know it got a sequel, but I heard the, the sequel sucked. Mm. So we'll see. But if you want to let us know, guys, what your favorite zombie movie is, uh, go on our Twitter, at Weekly Real, or even email us, uh, at Weekly Real, right? Uh, no, you're 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 actually getting further away from where you were. Uh, it's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. All right, everyone, welcome back from the break, and we're going to jump into our weekly real awards. Uh, our first award that I want to give out is the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award for Best Action Sequence, because this movie, Army of the Dead, has some actually pretty good ones. Uh, did you want to highlight one, Ken? Yeah, so uh, I wanted to make sure uh, that for these awards that I kind of spread them out a little bit. So the uh, my f uh, I guess award winner for does anyone want to get out is that one scene when uh, Scott Ward and uh, was it Mikey Guzman and Lily, they are, uh, they just actually got done with the vault and they're kind of running away and they're uh, basically having this crazy shootout on the casino floor. I felt like, I mean, we were talking about Dave Bautista, Scott Ward. I felt like this was where he, he was just really a, like a badass, you know um, you know, I've been really, 
critical of Zack Snyder's overuse of slow motion, but in this scene, it was really done well. Um, first, there was that uh, one scene where uh, Batista was kind of jumping from casino table to casino table. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it. I, I've always w- kind of wanted to do that ever since Chris Tucker was jumping on that table in Rush Hour 2. <laughs> and so uh, Batista, I felt like uh, he got to live out my uh, random dream, I guess, <laughs> of doing that. Uh, and then that crazy slow motion when uh, when Ward's gun was just like going rapid fire and it was just like, doo, 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 mm-hmm. doo. I was like, dang, this would have been a perfect scene to go see in the theaters. And then uh, this scene ends, obviously, with Mikey Guzman. Um, obviously, he got bit. Uh, and then so he sacrifices himself by pulling, you know, the grenades and everything. And you see that huge explosion after all those zombies are kind of gathering him, uh, over him. And so I was like, oh, dude, that was actually one of the better deaths um, um, that will obviously uh, unveil later on. But uh, you, dude, that scene was really good. That was a good one. And I do want to point out in that scene, do you remember when Guzman was shooting around and then he does shoot one of the, like the zombies in the face, but then it reveals underneath almost like a Terminator esque face. I'm like, what the yeah. heck? Uh Oh, are we setting up like zombies and robots in this universe? I may be. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy. You don't know because remember that's uh, what the government was trying to hide or something. I don't know. There's, I, I feel like there's, there's going to be more to be revealed in future uh, Army of the De- Army of the Dead projects. Yeah, because I think there's a, actually a animated show coming out that's mm-hmm. a prequel for Army of the Dead, uh, and I wonder if it's going to reveal any more. I wonder if the movie is going to do well enough to warrant a sequel or not. And unfortunately for me, Lisa, and what we've been saying, we want to see Batista, but it sucks that he does, he died in this movie. It kind of sucks that they didn't. Like, keep them alive. Uh, but for me, I would probably say it was that the Chambers fighting uh, all the, the zombies when she gets led in the wrong direction by Martin. Yeah. And just that build up. It's like, oh, she's dead, dude. She, it's, it's over. But then she goes full on John Wick on them. I was like, oh, shoot. And, you know, honestly, going into um, going into the place, I'm like, this, this girl is going to be the first one to die. It's like, it's over. It's like her and Guzman are there just for like for views, pretty much, <laughs> right for <laughs> for the Instagram, for TikTok or whatever. And it's like this this girl probably doesn't have any skills, but I forgot that Zack Snyder is really good with his like like female characters, and she went all out, man. I was like I was impressed. I was like holy crap. And I agree. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's sick. I was really rooting for her. Like, obviously, she turned to 180 in my like head. I was like, you better survive this scene. And then, I, but she doesn't. <laughs> I know. It was, it was very disappointing when she did it because, dude, she did everything she could, literally everything, everything. she could to survive that scene, uh, including, like you said, going John Wick, or I guess we go Juana. Juana Wick. <laughs> yeah, and and like she jumps out the window and she's still not bit or anything uh, at the very end. And I think it was kind of dumb because like Guzman, I feel like is a really good shot that he could have helped her at least. Yeah, he got one good shot in, but it was too late already by that time. Yeah, I don't know, man. It looked like they were like five feet away. <laughs> he, he froze, man. He froze just like uh, Black Panther did when he saw um, uh, Nakia. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you froze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds, but like Batista was there. Everyone else is there then. They didn't even help her. They're like, oh, she tried her best. What else can we do? <laughs> and I felt like they just assumed that she got bit or something. <laughs> I know. And freaking, yeah, that's why I was like, Martin, dang it. He's whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that would, that would be uh, probably the best action sequence I wanted to point out. Either, yeah, that yours and the one I chose are definitely the best ones. Mm hmm. Uh, the next award is the I Am Inevitable Award for Scariest Moment. We haven't given this since uh, our Psycho episode, because obviously that was a pretty scary scary movie from 1960, right? Yes, <laughs> 61 years ago now. Holy crap. Yep, so uh, what would you give that award to? Okay, so originally I wanted to give, it, give the uh, I Am Inevitable Award uh, winner 
to, I mean, you were mentioning uh, Chambers and remember kind of in the beginning of that when they're kind of walking through uh, all of the hibernating zombies and everything, I kind of wanted to give it to that, but I ultimately decided uh, that I wanted to, I guess, give that, award, you know, that scene a different award, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. So the winner for the I Am Inevitable Award is that one scene when Zeus appears for the first time with his, I don't know if it was iron or whatever, that helmet on the first time, and he's in front of Vandero and uh, a Dieter in front of the vault. I thought it was pretty crazy that they both emptied their clips, and he was just barely phased, you know, you know just kind of bounced off of him, all those bullets. And then, obviously, it led to that crazy one-on-one fight with him, uh, with Zeus and Vandero. Um, and so I felt like I would have probably peed my pants if I was uh, either Vander or Dieter, and you're like shooting right in the face, and it's not doing anything. I'm like, Dude. oh damn! And then obviously you got the slow motion going on, Zack Snyder. Yeah, I, I was. I definitely chose the same thing as you. I put at first. I'm like, okay, walking through the sleeping zombies. <laughs> yeah. I put that in the the hibernating zombies, but I was like, okay, if he doesn't choose that. I'm choosing the Vandero versus Zeus because if I was Vandero, like you said, I would be crapping my pants because every like punch that he was taking to the face, you just felt like he was breaking his jaw, man. Yeah, dude. I, yeah. I thought he was going to die right there. I was like, oh, here we go. This is when the black guy dies. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, when you're out of like ammunition and your only alternative is to go hand-to-hand combat with this crazy yoked alpha... Names well, obviously they didn't name him, but that's what they ended up calling him, Zeus. He just, oh man, it's like you can't do anything if bullets aren't gonna stop him. Yeah, and I'm surprised when they were shooting him in the face, like it wasn't like covering his eyes or anything. So I'm surprised not at least one of those bullets got like a eye shot or anything. I know it, it just got kind of good. <laughs> good aim to where they could hit the helmet, but nothing else. <laughs> yeah, it's like Batman, right? They can't shoot him in the mouth. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The next award is the I Don't Feel So Good Award for Best Death. And we got a pretty good amount of deaths in this movie. Oh, my God. There were some bloody ones. There's some kind of off-screen ones. So which one do you pick? Okay. This one was the the toughest one uh, because I was torn between a satisfying death, a heroic death, and a gruesome one. And so I ultimately went with the satisfying death of Martin because it was also gruesome because, you know, I mean, it is a zombie tiger. So are you kidding me? I have Shoot, never man. seen anything like a zombie tiger before. I just thought that was pretty cool. He got um, he got DiCaprioed in The Revenant for sure. Oh, dude, I know. And I felt like this one was in some parts like worse just because man they showed those remember those close-up near the end before he ultimately dies of blood squirting out like some of these arteries that was brutal man that was brutal dude (laughs) oh and and, you know and it was pretty cool to be able to see like a tiger in in las vegas because you know i'm a huge fan of of the hangover and (laughs) I, i just kept thinking of uh that one song was like what do tigers dream of <laughs> could have been playing it too man i know exactly so i i just like the the connection with las vegas Siegfried, uh, Siegfried and roy uh with the zombie tiger and the hangover and the fact that martin died in such a brutal way because i hated that character yeah man that was uh that was definitely a freaking crazy one that that's not the one i chose i actually chose uh Dieter's death just because uh, I actually did enjoy Dieter and uh, Vandero's kind of like uh, evolving bromance yeah, <laughs> throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, I same. actually did enjoy that. You know, at first very like, oh, you don't know how to handle a gun. You can't even, you probably can't even kill a zombie and all that stuff. But then <laughs> then by the very end, man, they're, sacri- they're sacrificing themselves for each other. I and I thought that was know. cool. Yeah, that was pretty sad. And, I, you know, just like that whole dynamic when uh, Dieter like shot the the zombie and he got his first kill, it's like oh, shot him. Uh, was it three times or? And then he was like, oh, I counted four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you know, just because he's uh actually keeping Cam more professional, but actually like high fiving each other now. It's like dang, 
I know they did sacrifice each other, uh, themselves for each other. And, um, yeah, that was a, a pretty heroic one. That was actually one of the th- the ones that I was re- referring to with the heroic one. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. But the one that was like, to me was like freaking for Maria's death, man. Just came out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. I know. Like the RKO, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to jump straight into our next <laughs> award, uh, the Avengers Assemble Award for Favorite Scene. Uh, do you want to go first on this one? All right. Well, you already talked about it in your uh, Does Anyone Want to Get Out uh, Award. Uh, it's got to be that first indoor scene. First of all, I mean, the buildup. It just felt so claustrophobic. It did. Again, I'll, I'll talk about this. Uh, I'll mention it again. It reminded me of Prime, The Walking Dead. Um, because there, there were times when it felt like, you know, you just have that feeling of claustrophobia and I definitely got that same feeling. And then when they started waking up, I was like, Oh man, here it's like, Mm -hmm. and and she was trying to do those silent kills, you know, just stabbing, uh, each one of these zombies in in, in the brain. And then obviously they were kind of setting up the pens and everything. I was like, Oh man, here we go. And then once the pens fell, all hell broke loose and and i just felt like in that scene you got to see the different types of buildup that when done well in zombie movies or tv shows it's actually what i feel like makes these this genre so popular you know what i mean yeah cause the, the the suspense to the zombie killing is what really makes like the zombie genre so scary mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like uh getting killed by the zombie it's like the getting chased by zombies and the feeling that they're always there is yeah. what what's the most scary thing about it it's like a never ending wave you know yeah for and sure it, man and and i remember last week you were talking about how um you know remember you were talking about the notebook and how yes i'm going to connect the notebook with army of the dead <laughs> <laughs> i know it's kind of a weird connection but uh last week for those of you who um haven't tuned into the notebook episode. Uh, Jeremy was talking about how the first 20 minutes he was like, wait, why are people talking about how good the notebook is? Because there was a lot of cringeworthy moments. Uh, and actually I was thinking about doing cringeworthy. Well, anyway, uh, you were just talking about how the first 20 minutes were like, Oh man, I don't know. And I, you know what? I felt the same way about not only just the first 20 minutes, I, I felt the same way about every scene or actually most of the scenes before this scene. And, I checked the uh, the timestamps. It was f- the first 50 minutes. I was not a fan of it. And I feel really? like that was maybe the reason why I kind of fell asleep. All right. Yeah, I still liked, like all the Batista scenes. He definitely like carried it for sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, you uh, know, the, the Batista scenes were pretty good. But just overall with the story, I was just saying, eh, I've seen it before. Hmm. Uh, my favorite scene would probably be after Maria dies, like she gets her neck snapped and then freaking, and then just when, um, freaking Bautista, uh, Scott goes crazy and he just screams. It reminded me of just him. It's like, Oh, the animal is here. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we're throwing out those, uh, WWE references again. I know. It's like when he finally tags in a tag match and he yeah. <laughs> cleans house. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. And then, like, even when he picked up that one zombie and then hit, like, uh, from the legs pretty much and, like, smashed his head on, on like, the ceiling. The ceiling, like, dude. Yeah. I was like, that was good. And he was, like, having some uh, knife play pretty much with the zombie also. I was like, yeah, this is sick. This is, like, definitely the second half of the movie is the better half. Oh, for sure. By a mile. And I felt like that's what salvaged the movie for me, really. Yeah, that scene after Maria dies, when Bautista finally gets some action, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, in a way, it's kind of paced like uh, Man of Steel, in a way. You got very heavy action on the on the back half back of the in. movie. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good connection uh, in the Snyder world. Uh, but we're going to play our favorite game now, Guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm ahead 7-5, right? Yeah, seven to five. You got that score last week from uh, the wa- not the Walking Dead, the Notebook. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> uh, so you can close that gap just a little bit today. But uh, do you want to guess what the Rotten Tomato score is for the Army of the Dead? Okay, so um, just I remember he- uh, hearing just kind of random stuff, uh, just random thoughts 
uh, because I, like you mentioned earlier, it was re- um, released on in theaters actually before the Netflix release. And so I was hearing good things about it. And so, um, I mean, the Kurt score is seven to five. So my guess is actually 75. <laughs> Ooh, I guess 76. Okay. All right. Just to remind our audience, we always have it um, pre-written down before um, before we even start recording the show. So I'm going to look going around some minutes right now. It's probably on the front page somewhere, I'm guessing. Oh, there it is. 69%. Oh! So you got me. You got me on this week. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> we were pretty close <laughs> with our, with our, uh, with our, our guesses. guesses. Dang! Uh, ooh, closing closing that gap. Oh, yeah. two game, two week winning streak. Finally, I'm only up by one now, so it's seven to six heading into next week. Uh, but now we're gonna rate it ourselves. I love you three thousand award where we where we're gonna rate Army of the Dead from one to three thousand. So Ken, what's uh what's your score for Army of the Dead? Okay, so initially when I um. When I was thinking about a score um, on that first viewing, I actually had a little bit higher. Again, this one, this is based off of uh, the second viewing where it's like trending downward. So out of 3,000, I'm giving it a 2106, which is roughly about 70.2%. Interesting. I actually had mine a little bit lower at a 2010 out of 3,000. That's 67%. Hmm. Okay. So we're kind of in the range of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like the I felt <laughs> like the action scenes were really good though. And you know, again, I think I'm more of a fan th- uh, of Walking Dead, well, in its heyday more than you and I felt like I got those vibes. I think that's why I rated it a little bit higher. But I feel like on the third viewing it might even be in your range. <laughs> <laughs> I still yeah, I still enjoyed it for sure. Um but I don't know if I, I'm going to have the urge to rewatch it or not. Especially given what I said, right? <laughs> but just for Bautista, I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. And rather than like Stuber, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but next week, we're going to be uh, watching a bit of another scary-ish movie. I it's pretty scary, I think. Uh, do you want to preview what that movie is, Ken? Yeah, of course. So next week... We catch up with the Abbott family as they now have to survive the harsh realities of the outside world against creatures that hunt by sound. What other threats lie ahead in the thrilling sequel to the 2018 breakout hit in A Quiet Place Part 2? So this movie was supposed to be released over a year ago, but for obvious reasons, the release date was pushed to this coming Friday, May 28th. And you know what? Jeremy and I will be seeing this in theaters this coming weekend. I'm definitely pumped. Yeah, but I, the first movie caught me off guard. I know I didn't even watch the first one in theaters. I wish I did now. <gasps> oh, When man. I watched it for the first time, I watched it at Jacob's house. He uh, just put it on and... And I was like, "Do we need like, uh, don't we need like a better sound system or something like that?" And he's like, "No, it's pretty much quiet the whole movie." <laughs> I'm like, all right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I still really enjoyed the movie, and then I showed it to my brother. He liked it, so we're gonna be all watching it uh, in our local movie theater. Yeah, I'm really pumped for that. I've been pumped for this uh, since the the first one came out three years ago. Ooh, hopefully uh, A Quiet Place Part 3 isn't uh, Part 3 Parabellum. <laughs> Freaking John Wick. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Ken, did, uh, did you want to plug anything for uh, where they can follow you? Yeah, uh, just the usual. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and that'll be at FreeKenA. Yep, if you want to follow me on YouTube... You can go to JP Flicks. All my movie reviews are there, and it's kind of not up to date, so you can just reach me out, comment on there if you want to chat. All right, Ken, do you have any last thoughts on Army of the Dead? Yeah, okay, so um, it's not actually related to Army of the Dead. It's just kind of in general. So since this podcast episode will be 
being released on May 31st, which also happens to be Jeremy's birthday. Happy again, early birthday. Yay. (laughs) Well, you know what? I thought I'd surprise you by announcing the news that we are finally, finally getting that weekly real podcast championship belt. No way. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, man. So uh, I found a website that makes custom championship belts. And so, you know what, uh, Jeremy, let's talk offline about the design, because I really wanted to just spring this on you on the podcast. He had no idea that I was going to bring this up. And uh, yeah, I just (laughs) wanted to just have, first of all, this reaction, but also order that belt on Monday, just kind of like as a uh, kind of a token of good gesture because you are the season one champ of the Guest of Rotten Tomatoes uh, score. And I felt like, you know, like you needed to you need to hang on to that belt because you are the champ. At least for season one. It seems like that gap is closing in a little bit. It's gonna be, I'm going to face you at SummerSlam. <laughs> And it's just, it's pretty fitting that it's on the Army of the Dead episode with Batista. <laughs> so yep, yep. I think that's good reveal right there, man. And, ooh, you know, it's just going to, things are going to be a little bit crazy now. We're going to have our own WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're going to, like, uh, really, I mean, we do take it pretty serious. I, I feel like we're pretty competitive. But, man, now that we're actually going to get that, uh, get a championship built, a custom one made, and you know we'll definitely post pictures on our uh, on our social media. <laughs> that way, you know we get we get to see the champ with his uh, brand new belt whenever that gets finished uh, being made. Dang, that's pretty crazy, man! Looking forward to to seeing it. Yeah, uh, you know, offline I'll show you like the the website and everything, and then we'll come up with uh, with a cool design. All right, man. Yeah, well, everyone follow us on social media. To see those pictures. We'll show off the belt whenever it comes, uh, but. I look forward to next week's episode on A Quiet Place Part 2. But until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs>